Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is September 30th, 2021, and our first story. President Biden is booed as he enters the congressional baseball game. Democrats seem to be lining up Kamala Harris to potentially take over the presidency or maybe just use her as a central voice as the midterms are coming soon. In our next story, Democrats subpoena Trump supporters, Women for America First, in a tremendous abuse of power as the ideological purge continues. And in our last story, a woman on Reddit claims she informed on her neighbors to the FBI for criticizing Joe Biden. It really has gotten to that point. Now, if you like the show, leave us a good review and give us five stars. Tell your friends about the show. Now, let's get into that first story. Midterm campaign season is upon us already. Attack ads are coming out. Campaigns are ramping up. And in the next few months, we are going to see full scale congressional campaigning touring, rallies, etc. And Joe Biden is a very serious liability for the Democrats. They know that with his waning popularity and with the economic crisis, the border crisis, the failure in Afghanistan, etc., etc., well, Democrats stand to lose huge in 2022 when Republicans sweep the House, perhaps. Historically, this is the case. You get an Obama, there's a Tea Party. You get a Donald Trump, there's the blue wave. And now you get a Joe Biden. But this is particularly unique, this circumstance at least, because Joe Biden is particularly unpopular. But it's mostly tribalist partisanship. The big story we have for you right now is not so much that Joe Biden was booed, but that perhaps the Democrats will use Kamala Harris instead of Joe Biden as their rallying point. The problem? Well, Kamala Harris's approval rating is also relatively down. But I suppose if you've got a Kamala Harris who's kind of out of sight, out of mind, and her approval rating is a little bit higher than Joe Biden's, you're going to go with her anyway. But there's been some speculation with the conversation around Kamala Harris's importance in the midterm. Some are speculating the 25th Amendment will finally rear its head and Joe Biden will be forced to step down for some reason or another, as we've all been predicting. We don't know exactly when or why or if, but a lot of people seem to think this is the case. Nancy Pelosi, of course, as you know, created this panel that could 
determine the abilities of the president should the 25th Amendment be invoked by Kamala Harris. And many people thought it was for Trump. This was during the Trump presidency. And she said, no, no, it's not. And then people realized, wait a minute, this one's for Joe Biden. Yeah, we didn't think Joe Biden was going to be all with it. But there's also politicking here. Some have also speculated that Joe Biden was going to be seen as tremendously unpopular when he undid many of the policies of Trump, which resulted in crises, the border policies, the economic policies. And now the economy is not doing too well. Well, someone's got to be a fall guy. So perfect. Joe Biden runs. He gets it. He's too old. Kamala Harris swoops in, saves the day. And then with a new president, perhaps they're hoping an extended or reemerging honeymoon period can help Democrats carry 2022. It's very speculative. We don't know for sure. I mean, it seems a bit out there to suggest they're going to remove Joe Biden. A lot of people are like, Joe Biden will finish out his term. And I think that's probably the most likely thing. I think historically we can look for a Republican victory in Congress, but it remains to be seen. Elections a year away and that's an eternity. But if there's anything we can highlight as we get into this news, talking about what's going on in this country, it is Joe Biden being booed at the congressional ball game. I think this is it. I mean, the evidence is, is clear. We also have polling showing Joe Biden's not doing well. And so we can see the real world effects. We can see the failed policy. We can see the economic crisis and how it's affecting regular Americans. And it may seem silly, but Dollar Tree recently came out and said for the first time ever, things are going to cost more than $1. And a lot of people said, wow, the economy's not doing too well if Dollar Tree has to raise prices. But this is inflation. It's to be expected. Now, I'm not sure it's going to be Donald Trump coming 2024. Right now, we got a lot of data suggesting Ron DeSantis is in the lead. And I got to be honest, I think DeSantis does a tremendously better job than Donald Trump ever did. But we'll see. DeSantis could be a Trojan horse for the neocon establishment, or he can be a populist leader who defends freedom. That's exactly what we need. In Florida right now, he's standing up saying, you can make the choices for yourself. And that's the kind of leadership we do need, trusting the American people to do what's right. So will this be a Biden v. DeSantis, Biden v. Trump, Kamala versus Trump, Kamala DeSantis? Remains to be seen. But let's take a look at this latest news about Biden being booed at the congressional ballgame, what this means and what's happening in this country and what may happen coming up in 2022. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as all of our other shows, which are launching very soon, like maybe even tomorrow. We've got to apply for all the podcast stuff, but we're, we're, we're there. We've got a couple episodes already done of our Paranormal Mysteries show. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, as a member, you get, act, you get an ad-free experience and you support our journalism, as well as TimCast is forming, I should say we are, at the, uh, the Cast Castle crew, a couple different nonprofits, one to create open source free networking technology that people can use so you can't get banned from the internet, and the other to fact check the fact checkers. That's what your membership is helping do. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's get down to Joe Biden being booed at the congressional ballgame. The Daily Mail reports Biden is booed at congressional ballgame with his domestic agenda on the brink. Manchin decries fiscal insanity as he and Sinema hold out on $3.5 trillion budget vote while the squad works to scuttle Joe's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. I'm not going to mince words with y'all, my friends. I listened to the video. Was Joe Biden booed? Yes. Yeah, he, he, he was booed. He was also cheered. 
You see, we're talking about hard tribal partisanship. And of course, you can frame it as though he was booed. But I think to be fair, you have to point out the Democrats cheered for Joe Biden and the Republicans booed for him. That's surprising to anybody. This is the game they play. Now, certainly I will highlight Joe Biden being booed because I think polling data shows that Joe Biden is underwater and it's pretty bad. Now, of course, Donald Trump had been underwater as well. But Donald Trump also went to, I think it was a Nationals game, and he was booed as well. Primarily a Democrat area, but yes, Democrats disapproved of him. Right now, Joe Biden's disapproval is much higher than his approval. So I think it's fair to say the booing takes center stage. But it would be important to point out that there are still people cheering for this man because they do support him. Personally, I think that's kind of nuts. Now, the story basically goes on to talk about the disarray within the Democrats. They say moderate Democrat senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are still endangering his $3.5 trillion spending bill, while progressives could tank a House vote on the separate $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure package in the key vote on Thursday. Manchin on Wednesday scuttled hopes of a quick deal on the, bo- on the broader bill by issuing a fiery statement calling it fiscal insanity. And progressive members of the so-called squad in the House are threatening to kill infrastructure, which the centrists support, unless they also back Biden's broader agenda. Meanwhile, Congress has until midnight on Thursday to pass a stopgap funding bill to avoid a government shutdown, with a vote scheduled in the morning on a deal announced by Chuck Schumer. Separately, lawmakers must also raise the debt ceiling to prevent the U.S. government from going into a disastrous credit default by mid-October. An issue Republicans insist that Democrats must resolve on their own in reconciliation. Nancy Pelosi appeared poised to pull the plug on Thursday's infrastructure vote with progressive members in revolt. House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn told reporters that he'd find out at the baseball game where the infrastructure vote would be delayed. As Biden entered the ballpark Wednesday night, the Republican side of the stadium greeted Biden with boos. Democrats yelled, we love Joe and build back better. His agenda slogan. Here's what I love about this. You are not getting a fair picture of the real world in Biden being booed. Our Republicans are booing the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. What else is new? Democrats are cheering for him. How do we actually get a real world fair assessment of the president? Well, independent voters are unhappy across the board. Joe Biden's approval rating is going down. We have a new poll, however, which is somewhat good news in aggregate for Joe Biden from NPR PBS Marist, showing his approval and disapproval are tied at 46 percent. But Rasmussen just put Joe Biden at minus 14. So Joe Biden's aggregate disapproval has dropped a little bit, but it's sitting at 49.4 percent disapproval and 45.3 approval. Democrats overwhelmingly support Biden. Republicans overwhelmingly disapprove. It is the independent voters that matter most. These are the voters often in swing districts. This is what Democrats need to pay attention to. But I'll tell you this. The attitude and actions of the Democrats say to me, they know they will lose the House and probably the Senate. So they are trying to ram through whatever they can while they have this power. Isn't it funny how Republicans did not do the same thing in 2016, 2017, 2018? You get the point? They didn't. Now, to be fair, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin are also blocking Democrats from bypassing the filibuster, in which case Democrats aren't getting everything they want. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out moving forward. But some speculation, as I mentioned, is that Kamala Harris will actually be the stand in. 
Joe Biden is going to take the fall on all of these problems. The Democrats will come out and say, Joe Biden is clearly not capable, so we're going to help you out. You see, a new president enjoys a honeymoon period. Donald Trump is like the only one I don't think did. But even Joe Biden, he enters office and people are like, we approve. And I'm like, you didn't do anything. Because that's, that's what happens. People are like, I, I, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to approve of this. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. And now Joe Biden has proven he is incapable. He has reversed many policies that were good, that helped this country, and he's taken the hit for them. So maybe they'll come out and they'll say Kamala Harris will step in and hope that a new honeymoon period will mean Democrats can retain power in the midterms. The Hill reports Harris's poll numbers rise as Biden's fall. Really? Vice President Harris has rebounded in recent weeks, regaining her footing with approval ratings that now stand higher than President Biden's. Harris got off to a rocky start at the beginning of the administration, including a botched response on why she hadn't traveled to the border when she said she hadn't been to Europe either. But her allies say Harris, whose difficult start provoked questions about her ability to be a future presidential candidate for the party, has found her place in the White House. Quote, I think there's definitely a feeling that things have been smoother, said one ally. It seems like they have ironed out some of the initial wrinkles. Julian Zelizer, a professor of history and public affairs at Princeton University, said Harris has started to solidify her position and strength in the office, gaining a sense, always difficult for a VP, of what her role should be in the administration. The key will be, na- the key will be how those numbers hold as policy controversies continue and politics heats up. A Gallup poll last week showed 49% approved of Harris's job as vice president, six points higher than Biden's 43% approval rating. It's a significant change for both Biden and Harris. The president fell six, six points since August and 13 points since June. Harris's current approval rating is the same as Biden's in 09 when he served as Obama's vice president. The Gallup poll conducted earlier this month also revealed that the vice president performed better than Biden with independence, a stunning revelation for a man who, has, who was catapulted to the White House because of support from that demographic. It's unclear why Harris's numbers have risen higher than Biden's in some surveys. Though Biden in the last two months has gone through the most difficult phase of his presidency so far, <laughs> it just started. It's only been seven months. Yikes, man. Come on. Biden has received bipartisan criticism related to Afghanistan and taken hits over the prolonged coronavirus pandemic. The president has also been criticized over his handling of the border and immigration, taking hits from left and right over an influx of migrants from Haiti. 
Harris, in contrast, has been more in the background than the foreground on the controversies, though she did win headlines for criticizing why some Haitian migrants were being treated, uh, treated by border agents. Most Democratic strategists and observers say Harris hasn't had a singular moment or two that has boosted her in the public realm. Nothing specific, said Basil Smickle, the Democratic strategist and former executive director of the New York State Democratic Party. When asked if there has been a standout moment for the vice president, he suggested the White House could actually benefit by doing more with Harris. Other strategists say Harris has benefited from Republicans setting their sights on Biden in recent weeks. They have portrayed him as weak on the border in Afghanistan. Quote, my instinct is to say that so much fire has been aimed at Biden. Harris's numbers have gone up by the sheer virtue of being out of the spotlight. She's not giving anyone fresh reason to dislike her. So her polling numbers revert to the mean with the country about evenly divided on the black woman in the number two spot. And Indian, don't forget, she has Asian ancestry. That's according to Christy Zetzer. But Harris has appeared to settle into a more of a role, into more of a role as vice presidency. Last week, she hosted the leaders of Zambia, Ghana, and India separately. On Wednesday, she hosted a meeting with five Latino small business leaders. Harris has been increasingly active politically too, giving a forceful speech for California Governor Gavin Newsom, fundraising for Virginia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe, and attending an event at George Mason University. Okay, so we get it. They are seemingly pulling a Biden on Harris, meaning when Biden was campaigning in 2020, what did they do? They, they put a lid on it. They called the lid. Sorry, no press. Biden's going to be sleeping in his basement hoping that no press was the best option because you can't make people angry or give the Republicans anything to use if we hide. And now Kamala Harris is doing just that. Again, I don't necessarily think Kamala Harris will take over as president in the short term. I do think the Democrats are certainly lining things up, which could suggest it as a possibility. From The Hill, Democrats see Harris as major player in midterms. Democrats expect Vice President Harris to be a major player in revving up the party's liberal base ahead of next year's midterm elections. Democrats see Harris as uniquely positioned to drive up turnout among young people and women who they believe will be critical to Democrats retaining their majorities in Congress. Historical trends suggest that Republicans have an edge in the midterm elections, and Democrats say a strong turnout will be key for the party to keep power. She is very popular with the base. She is particularly strong with women and young people. Turnout for young people is going to be critical for the midterms, and it is uncertain. Uncertain, said Celinda Lake, a Democratic pollster who advised Biden's campaign. Between turnout and swing independent women, I would think she would be quite aggressive because of her own appeal and popularity. I do not think the words popularity and Kamala Harris belong in the same sentence, but sure, I guess. I mean, look, 49% ain't the majority. It's the plurality. But I will tell you, Will the I, I will say, will the Democrats win? Yeah, maybe. Historical precedent says that the Republicans should sweep in the midterms and take back the House and maybe even the Senate. But one thing you need to consider is universal mail-in voting. And this is something I have been absolutely trying to drive home to all of you for some time, because a lot of people are, are yelling fraud when we should be yelling rule manipulation. This is the important point for those who haven't heard me say it. If you've heard it, just I, you know, forgive me, but it bears repeating. Two Democratic activists are dispatched into downtown Los Angeles. Their goal is to advocate for the Democratic candidate as much as possible. Let's say a swing district. Let's say it's a swing suburban and urban district. So they go down to a large apartment complex with 100 units and they go knocking on doors 
And each of these units has maybe two or three voters, maybe someone who's you know older than 18 living with their parents, and then the two parents who can vote. So maybe three votes per unit, maybe two. So looking at 200 to 300 votes in one building they can advocate for. And with universal mail-in voting, they need only knock on the door and say, see that thing right there, fill it out, send it back. In fact, if you just put it in your mailbox, the mailman will take it for you. Throw it in the box and bring it, bring it out. Super easy to do. Okay, I can understand that argument. Nothing about the Republicans in suburbs and in rural areas. How many square miles to get the same amount of votes? You might actually be able to cover what, like 20 houses and maybe get, you know, 40 to 60 votes walking down the same distance as somebody. You're going to need a car. So in the city, universal mail-in voting gives a massive advantage to Democrats. These are the things you need to pay attention to. Obviously, I think we should take any accusations of fraud seriously, but I think the bigger issue is Democrats and even neocon Republicans have helped change the rules to make it substantially easier for organizations to advocate for the vote. This means rural areas and, and, and rural and suburban areas have a harder time rallying people because of the how, how separated the population is relative to cities. Keep that in mind. That is the game. But what you can do, Republicans do have a chance if they start the ground game now. Republicans need to be sending people out to go knocking on doors, especially in blue areas like deep blue. I'm saying Baltimore blue. If you don't advocate, shake hands, meet people, be nice, work in the community, they won't know or care about you. This is how you win hearts and minds. Democrats know this. It's also why the Democrats fear Scott Pressler. You may be familiar with Scott. He goes around registering people to vote. One of the most effective ground activists for the Republicans probably ever. He also cleans up cities, cleans up trash. Now, that is a good dude. You could disagree with him politically, but saying, I want to help this community and fix things, and I'm going to go knock on doors and get people to vote. That's how you do it. So you know what the Republicans need? They need a thousand more Scott Presslers cleaning up trash, working in the communities, advocating for what they believe in and why they believe in it, and then registering people to vote. But you've got what? One Scott Pressler? It ain't enough. The Democrats have activists up the wazoo. They are everywhere knocking on doors. I know these organizations. They're well-funded. ActBlue is how Democrats raise money. It's an online portal. WinRed is how Republicans do it. Yet Republicans didn't even have that infrastructure. I think it was a couple years after. So they're not even fundraising properly. Y'all need some young, fresh ideas. Otherwise, Democrats gonna beat you on that ground game. I've heard the arguments. People say, oh, but because of fraud, I won't vote. Yo, that's demoralizing. You cannot be demoralized. We are in a psychological war, a cold civil war. Now more than ever, you need to stand up and say, I will give it my all no matter what. But there are powerful interests that want you to believe you can't win an election. Donald Trump won 2016. Come on. He won in 2016. A Republican won in Miami in 2020. Okay, you need to understand you can win. Now, I hear you when you say Republicans aren't the answer. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I agree with that. I'm not convinced Republicans will save the day. But this is where we get into the primaries, Republican primaries for Congress and for the Senate. This is it. Sean Parnell, for instance, 
I don't think, uh, and with all due respect, Sean Parnell is going to be this revolutionary leader who's going to, uh, you know, just upset and change everything. I certainly think as far as the establishment goes, a guy like Sean Parnell is going to be working on behalf of the people and actually working towards the solutions to the problems we are talking about. Mitch McConnell has no idea what's going on. Lindsey Graham has no idea what's going on. You got to get, you got to get those people out of there. Okay. They need to be primaried and you need someone who's going to say, I listen to my constituents. Here are the issues they're concerned about. These are the issues I will focus on. So is Sean Parnell is infinitely better than any establishment Republican or neocon. As for congressional races, you got to go to the primaries, my friends. Focus on the primary. Make sure the national populists, the, the, the people who are there to represent the working class are the ones who win and not the elites, the cronies, the well-funded, none of that establishment trash. You've got a bunch of Republicans who are nothing but establishment crony garbage. They're all for the uniparty. They defend Democrats. We don't need none of that. Compromise would be good. But I'll tell you, I think we'd be better off with honest left and right wing populists in Congress than these establishment trash Democrats and Republicans. That means any true victory will not be a party line victory, but it will be an ideological one be it Democrat or Republican. And I'll say it too, if you happen to be a leftist or know any who are running, get the leftist populists to win these primaries. I'm not talking about AOC. I'm talking about people like Rashida Tlaib. Absolutely, I disagree with her, but boy, does she refuse to back down. And I can respect that. I have more respect for her than, than a lot of Republicans, because even when they're like, you better get party line, Rashida's like, nope, don't care. I'm voting for what I believe in. And I'm like, bravo. I really disagree with her, but you're allowed to believe things I don't agree with. You're allowed to disagree with me. And I, in, I have infinitely more respect for someone who I think is wrong, who is showing me they believe what they are saying. Is she perfect? No. Does she do things wrong? Probably. Has she shown signs of being hypocritical? Oh, of course. And many, and many politicians have, for sure. But I'm looking at AOC, and they were doing this vote on funding the Iron Dome. And Nancy Pelosi comes over to the squad and waves her arms and rants. And then AOC changes her vote from against the Iron Dome to present. Rashida Tlaib and other members of the squad say, no, we're against it. We're not supporting it. And I'm like, okay, I disagree, but I respect it 100%. I would rather have actual voices arguing about what they support and don't than the duplicitous liars, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Lindsey Graham's, the Mitch McConnell's. <laughs> I'll tell you this, I would infinitely more support a Mises caucus victory in Congress, but we'll see how that plays out. I, I'll tell you this, I think we absolutely need to see a Mises caucus libertarian congressional rep win. That's the kind of ground game y'all need. But a lot of people are convinced, oh no, it's, it's going to be Democrat or Republican. Well, then we're, we're screwed, aren't we? Look, getting a couple libertarians in Congress means compromise must occur. And the libertarians do not agree with the Republicans and they do not agree with the Democrats. They're a mix of both in a lot of different ways. Now, the traditional libertarian party is a bit too woke for my tastes, but the Mises caucus seems to be pretty good. So I think we, we need to get a couple of those guys into Congress. However we do it, find a good district, vote for them. That's, that's, that's a good plan. I guess the problem is Mises caucus voters are more likely to vote Republican and it could split the vote. Thus, first past the post voting doesn't work all that well. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you and who you should vote for. I'm not a fan of the Republican Party. I think if we get active in the primaries, we pay attention, we can make a big difference in 2022. Now, I've often said that the Republican is done. It's been destroyed. It can be strengthened. It can be reinvigorated. It can be reborn. 
The reason I say it's, it's gone is because the way in which this, this, this country is, is being run is just insane. Rule by edict at the state level and the federal level. Antifa burning down buildings, billions of dollars in damage. If we're going to make a change, what we need is something outside of the establishment uniparty. In 2016, 17, 18, we had these neocon Republican establishment dominating Congress. And what did they do? Nothing. They, they joined Democrats in the Russiagate garbage. Get rid of those guys. What we really need are populists. You know, I, I had Steve Bannon on Timcast IRL. Steve Bannon, of all people, and he claims he's far right. But then he says, tax the rich. And I'm like, Steve, that's not far right. The far right is described as either ultra-traditionalist or laissez-faire capitalist. Tax the rich, that's leftist. And he's like, oh, I don't know, I'm a populist. That's right. Steve Bannon isn't far right. He's not far left. He's a populist. And so he's fairly moderate. One of the most amazing things in that conversation were people commenting, saying the media portrayed this man as crazy, but he's actually very smart and reasonable. That's amazing. We've had him a couple times. What's fascinating to me is I didn't realize how many people watch my show did not ever actually hear a word out of Bannon's mouth. I've listened to Bannon before. I've seen his speeches. I've seen his rallies. I've seen his show. Not a crazy guy. He's a populist. He says, you're getting ripped off. The rich people are extracting from the system. We got to tax them. And I'm like, I agree. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I would love to see like a Michael Malice, Steve Bannon conversation because I think they would disagree in, in that capacity. As for taxing the rich, I'll, 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 say, I'll say this. Why are we taking most of the money from the working class and the poor when Bezos is standing right there? I'm all for free enterprise and everything. I have no problem with a high marginal tax rate, and I don't understand why conservatives or, or, or Trump supporters would be all that worried about a high marginal tax rate. I mean, we should lower the taxes in the middle class and the working class. And personally, I think raise the taxes on the rich. It would negatively impact me. I don't care. I think it would more so negatively impact people like Bezos and Zuckerberg, who use their wealth to manipulate this country at the detriment to the working class. But that's the thing. I'm not a laissez-faire free market, free market capitalist, but they want to claim that I'm far right. Why? To erase those who are. Now, look. The problem with taxing the rich is that you're just giving the money from one powerful centralized authority to another. Giving the government money doesn't mean anything good's going to happen with it. Giving the authority of the government doesn't mean anything good's going to happen to it. But I'll tell you, if we were being honest, we had honest uh, uh, politicians. And they said, look, we want to actually pass bills that help the American people and use tax revenue to create a subscription service for the American people to provide border security, better roads, clean drinking water, education, I'd say, okay, then cut the taxes on the working class, increase the taxes on the wealthy. That doesn't mean you, re you remove taxes from poor and, and tax the wealthy at 90%. It means you tax poorer people at 20% instead of 35. Or actually, I think, you know, it's like 27. So you lower that down. And then you raise the taxes on the wealthier by a small bit in key areas. 
perhaps in capital gains, perhaps an income tax bracket over 5 million, then 15 million, then 50 million. And so we are going to be, you know, taxing them more. I don't think taxing outright solves the problem. I will say, though, there are substantially more working class people in this country than millionaires and billionaires. And we have a country where millionaires and billionaires are our politicians, for the most part. AOC may not be, but AOC represents the social millionaires, 12 million followers. She just says whatever seems popular and it gives her power and gives her access. And she goes, she doesn't need cash. When they invite her to a $30,000 dinner with celebrities who don't have to wear masks while the help does, she's an elitist. Our leaders are not here to help the followers. They're here to extract and sacrifice them. There is the herd of sheep, and they are but happily grazing in the fields. And for the longest time, there'd be the shepherd. And he would say, I will do what I must to guide these sheep to keep them safe. And sometimes they might not like it. My border collie will run around scaring the sheep, but will corral them into safety in this perimeter area so they will survive and be safer. It's not always perfect. Leaders are supposed to be leading to protect those who follow them. Today, it is the wolves who are in charge of the herd, the the flock or the herd, whatever. It's a herd of sheep. I think it's a herd. And so instead of saying, we're going to guide the sheep to safety, they're guiding the sheep to slaughter, lining them up and saying, trust us. We know what's best. It's time we stood up and said, we're going to primary all of these people, be it Democrat or Republican, and bring in those who will actually fight for you, the working class, your rights, your, the freedom to run your establishment, to make choices for your, your, to make your own medical decisions, to reject foreign excursion and war and the waste of our money and the sacrificing of our men and women in uniform and say, we will clean your water. We will fix your streets. We will clean. We will fix your plumbing. We will have better schools free of ideology, be it religious or otherwise. We need good and honest people running in order to do it. Unfortunately, I feel like the culture war has dominated too much of this. And even the people that, you know, on the right, Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert, who resist and actively fight back against Democrats, are still very much just in line with the culture war. Come out and say you want to repeal the NFA. Say you want to repeal, you know, outright gun control and tell the authoritarians, shut up, I don't care. Because leftists are for guns. Right wing individuals are for guns. Moderates are for guns. It is the establishment that wants to take away your rights. Don't let them stand up to them. And that means focus on these upcoming primaries. Get on the ground, go door to door. That's the game that's got to be played. Otherwise, the republic really will be lost. But you know, they say we go through a mini civil war every two or four years. The party's fighting for control of the central government, the federal government. Sooner or later, people in one state or the other aren't going to listen and aren't going to care. So we need to make sure we mend this divide to the best of our abilities, assuming it's even possible. I don't even know if it is. Otherwise, what's left? Will Kamala Harris step up and be president is the big question. I don't think so, but it's possible and people are starting to speculate. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over over at YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Democrats have officially filed their subpoenas against supporters of Donald Trump who held rallies preceding the January 6th insurrection. 
So they say over at January6.house.gov, they are coming for the dissidents. And this is all in line with the ideological purge that we are seeing across this country. There are two distinct cultures. It is a civil war. It's not a kinetic civil war. It's a cold civil war. And what's happening is you have those who believe in American ideals and freedom and those who believe in strict authoritarianism and just believing whatever they're told from the mainstream press. Of course, the establishment left the cult. They'll tell you that the Republicans are the authoritarians. When Donald Trump didn't do much of anything, I mean, he did a lot. Sure. What I mean is he didn't send in the troops. He didn't mandate vaccines. He was on board with the lockdowns. Okay, I'll give him that. He did have some foreign military excursions, but he didn't start any new wars. Okay, not a perfect president, did a lot of bad things. What can you expect? Joe Biden violating the separation of powers, ruling by edict. And they're going to come and say that it's the Republicans. Please, the Republicans don't do anything. The Republicans are literally nothing. They're irrelevant. And there's a handful maybe that are worth talking about, but for the most part, completely irrelevant to the conversation. You get your choice to vote between some dudes who will sit on their hands and do nothing or the Democrats who will just burn the place to the ground. And what are the Democrats doing? Well, the Democrats are subpoenaing Trump supporters, women for America first. Nothing to do with the insurrection, as they call it. Nothing. They're just coming after people. You know, they, they, they get big tech to censor prominent voices. Now they're using the weight of the federal government to go after private individuals simply because they expressed support for the president and they were, expre- they, they were um, enjoying their First Amendment right. Here we go. This is from January 6.house.gov. They say, today, Chairman Benny G. Thompson announced that the select committee has issued subpoenas for deposition testimony and records to individuals tied to the events and rallies leading up to the January 6th insurrection, including the January 6th rally at the Ellipse that immediately preceded the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol. The subpoenas were sent to 11 individuals as part of the select committee's efforts to collect information from them and their associated entities on the planning, organization, and funding of those events. In letters to rally organizers, Chairman Thompson instructed witnesses to testify at depositions and produce a sweeping range of records. Quote, the select committee is investigating the facts, circumstances, and causes of the January 6th attack and issues relating to the peaceful transfer of power in order to identify and evaluate lessons learned and to recommend to the House and its relevant committees corrective laws, policies, procedures, rules, or regulations. The inquiry includes examination of how various individuals and entities coordinated their activities leading up to the events of January 6th. Women for America First organized the January 6th, 2021 rally on the Ellipse, rallies at Freedom Plaza on November 14th and December 12th, 2020, and two March for Trump nationwide bus tours that generated interest and attendance at the Washington rallies. According to documents provided to the select committee regarding permits for the January 5th and 6th rallies, as well as public information. The subpoenas seek a range of records that include materials dealing with the planning, funding and participation in the events and bus tours, social media activity of associated entities and communications with or involvement of Trump administration officials and lawmakers. The select committee issued subpoenas for records from the following individuals and their associated entities and has instructed the individuals to testify at depositions. Okay, we'll 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 read through this, but I want to make this point. Remember when Republicans uh, 2016, 2017, 2018. I mean, they had control of the Senate, the House. 
They did nothing. Because the Republicans are part of the establishment uniparty. And Donald Trump, as you've heard me say a million times, stormed the gates. And populists uh, started sweeping in. Trump dominated the party. Well, the establishment uniparty elites who despise the poor were shocked it could have happened. So they did nothing. They sat on their hands. They didn't want to work with Trump. They didn't like the guy. Rabble rouser. They don't, no, no, no. They, they don't want to have anything to do with the poor's. So sure enough, the Democrats then win control of the House in 2018 and then just try to steamroll Trump. Trump is far from perfect. He didn't do a whole lot he should have done. He didn't know what to do. But we can see the establishment, the corrupt, the cronies, they were freaking out about this. And now this is their opportunity to go against anyone who dares oppose them or support an anti-establishment ideology. You see, they could easily stop the spineless and pathetic Bernie Sanders. I was a big fan of Bernie. I still like the guy in, in some respects, but boy, did that guy bend over fast. Not Donald Trump. He was just abrasive and, and rude and no, I'm not going to do it. Bernie, he just dropped to his knees and says, please, I will do anything you say. But how do they defeat Trumpism? Well, they put out lies. Democrat voters just believe all these lies. I have a friend who would argue with me online all the time about voting for Biden being the right thing and how we got to save this country. And then as soon as you know the election's over, he moves to Europe. Are you kidding me? They, they, these people, don't, they don't care about what's going to happen to this country. And I'm not saying every single voter. I'm saying people like this who are like, you got to vote. They're grifters. They pretend to care and they leave as soon as things get bad. And boy, have they gotten bad. So what comes next? They're going after Trump supporters. They're going after anybody who dare oppose them. They are violating the law. They're abusing their power. It is extreme and it is indisputable. Anybody tells you otherwise is just lying. It is indisputable. The Supreme Court told Joe Biden that the eviction moratorium was illegal. And then he institutes another one anyway. And Joe Biden even said he didn't know if it was legal. Supreme Court said it wasn't indisputable. You want to argue about Trump abusing power? We'll have the argument and then we'll have a a, a political clash between the two overarching cultural factions. But what Joe Biden did overtly in everyone's face is abusing the powers of office. And it's, it's remarkable to me that people just do it. They just do it. Joe Biden says, you got 100 or more employees, you got a vaccine mandate. And then all of a sudden companies like, okay, they've not given you any official paperwork. They've not signed any official legislation. The president can't just say a thing and make it so. I will tell you this. If you were a landlord and Joe Biden said you can't evict people and then you did, here's what will happen. You'll go to court and the judge will be like, I I see here that you're saying they can't be evicted. Why is that? Well, Joe Biden said so. And the judge will laugh and be like, well, the Supreme Court says that doesn't matter. So we are going to be upholding actual Supreme Court precedent, not the words of the president because he went on TV. That's what would really happen. The problem is mass compliance. The problem is that most people don't even bother going to court. And I get it. It's difficult. It's expensive, time consuming, and it's just easier to give up. So most people do. I don't want to have to enforce these mandates, they say in New York while they enforce the mandates. I'm like, if you really didn't want to, you wouldn't. No, the truth is you want to, you, you, you have a scale. Comfort and, you know, com- comfort and, 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 you know, resources and life and all the good things given to you by the state. 
But it comes with enforcing the state's edict. And then you have on the other side, freedom, respect, principle. And they're like, mm, you know, I, I, I would like to just, just be honest. You would rather submit. You would rather support than actually cause harm to yourself, your friends or your family. This is the root of much corruption, if not most of it. An individual says, you know, I can I can kick back myself a million bucks from the profits and then take care of myself, my friends and my family. Why should I do anything for anyone else? And then you end up with crony capitalists saying, you know, what's the big deal? You end up with a corrupted middle class and in a, in a, in a fractured economy. This is the root of corruption. Someone saying I could stand up and I could put myself at risk and it would mean I could lose all of my comforts. I could lose access to this wonderful and easy system in which I live and be forced to return to hardship, potentially with my family. No, I'd rather sell out society for my personal comfort right now. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not interested in hearing the arguments because Ben Franklin is the one who said, those who would give up, who would give up for essential liberties for temporary security deserve neither and will lose both. Something to that effect. If you would be willing to give up your freedom for security, you deserve neither and you will lose both. It's amazing, right? I mean, we had the conversation yesterday on IRL. Jack Murphy was like, you know, uh, we, I said, what comes after the Vax mandate? And he says, well, as I was going to the airport and taking off my shoes. Yeah. And then I added to it. Yeah. So I was I was at the airport taking off my shoes when they found a shampoo bottle in my bag. And then I said, oh, man, I didn't realize I had shampoo. So they called me over. And I said, don't worry, I'll throw it away. But then all of a sudden a nail clipper was found in the bag. And they said, whoa, a nail clipper. That's right. Then they brought me into the back room and interrogated me. That th- These things happen. I've been interrogated at the airport before. Not a big deal, to be honest. But we, 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 we accept these things as normal. And then they escalate. You have to take your shoes off to get on a plane. You can't bring a bottle of water with you through security. What? You can't have nail clippers? Huh? You can buy all those things on the other side, though. You can actually buy uh, 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 Axe body spray, uh, butane, you know, uh, I think it's butane, pressurized canisters. That to me is just insane. It makes no sense. It's not about security. But you you know what? Fine. People need to realize this. Security doesn't mean safety from a villain or a foreign military or a terrorist. Security means secure in all things, your food, your home, your health care. And consistently, the American people have said, I prefer security over freedom. That's it. That's the argument. Would you take 51% security and 49% freedom? Well, it's a slope, my friends, and it will veer off straight into mass security with no freedom. And you can choose freedom, but freedom constantly requires vigilance and resistance of those who are too scared. We talked about something the other day. It was, it was interesting. I think, you know, it was Lydia who mentioned this, that cities were, were designed for people to, to, uh, to be safe. You know, there's wild animals, there's threats. And so people would band together and live in a city where they could secure themselves better from wild animals and from external threats. Over time, the people who are more inclined to live in cities are those who are more demanding of security and more willing to give up their freedoms. And in rural areas, it's the inverse. People who are recognizing the risks, accepting of their freedom. But this country, especially over the past two years, consistently, 
even among the right, has said over and over again, and they say it to me every day in Super Chats, you don't understand the security of my family is paramount. The freedoms for the my, my children's uh, freedom is less valuable than their security in the immediate. I get it. I do. You know, you, you, you do a cost benefit analysis, I suppose. We got refrigerators, we got air conditioning, we got um, amazing houses. Um, relative to where we were hundreds of years ago, man, we're living large, huh? So just give up your freedom. Just give it up. I mean, you deserve it. You don't deserve either security or freedom, saith Ben Franklin. For me, I'd rather have freedom. And I think this is, you know, I'm, I'm, perhaps it's a rarity these days. It's amazing to, for me to, to me to actually think that, but maybe it's true. Because I even argue among people on the right who are like, I will not give up my security for freedom. I won't do it. I'm, okay, then don't do it. I will. I would absolutely give up all of my security for freedom. And I've done it before. And people say, well, you're exceptional and that's rare and all that stuff. And I'm like, sure. And they say, you don't have a family. And perhaps that's the case. But I kind of feel like, look, I have people I care about. I have family. I just don't have children. And I certainly have always erred on the side of freedom. I once walked out on an apartment I had, just leaving my friends and everyone behind because I said, I don't want this. I don't need the security. I want the freedom of the open road. And I went to California, just no plan, a couple hundred bucks in cash. And I said, I would rather sleep outside, be free and enjoy the, the, the world and all it has to offer than to have some kind of security that stops me, my movement. There, there, there's limits. Let me, let, me, let me tell you about the people who are being uh, investigated. You've got Amy Kremer, founder and chair of Women for America First. Kyle Kremer, executive director and founder of Women for America First. Cynthia Chafian submitted the first permanent application on behalf of Women for America First and the January 6th rally founder of the 80% coalition. This is free speech. These are people submitting permits for events. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the government violating the First Amendment, and nothing will be done about it. Carolyn Wren listed on the permit. Maggie Mulvaney listed on the permit. Justin uh, Caporali, Event Strategies, Inc. So just booking company, like uh, events companies. Hey, we want to put on a rally. You got it. We can build a stage for you. Subpoena. Tim Unes of Event Strategies. Megan Powers of, cons- of, of Empowers Consulting. Megan Powers. Hannah Salem, Salem Strategies. Then we have Lyndon Brentel of RMS Protective, Protective Services. Quite literally, a security company? Katrina Pearson, former Trump campaign official involved in the organization of these rallies in direct communication with the president. They say these subpoenas follow last week's announcement that the select committees issued four subpoenas to individuals tied to former president days surrounding January 6th, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, uh, Daniel Scavino, uh, Cash Patel, and Steve Bannon were instructed to produce materials and appear at depositions in the weeks ahead. I, I would just like you to think for two seconds. We, we had this great debate, Jack Murphy and I, and it carried out yesterday. We, we, we continued the debate. Uh, Jack and I are still good friends. We laughed afterwards, gave him some, uh, um, some wonderful 40-year scotch. But we had this great debate, and, and sometimes it's hard. But I think what defines the position, that, the, 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 the faction that we are, is that Jack and I can have a fierce debate, get angry, 
And afterwards, be like, ah, yeah, and we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta just keep having these conversations, even if we disagree and we're upset about it, and you know, it might be awkward or whatever, following a fierce debate where we're just angry at each other. But that's why we, I, I, this is these are the principles we stand by: the fact that we can disagree and continue and work together and live together and be friends. This is normal. Jack was very much. I will not tell my child he can't play baseball because of a vax mandate, even if I oppose it. I'm not concerned about the vax mandate in this argument. If, if he wants that for his kid, if his kid wants it, that's neither here nor there. The issue for me was, do you oppose the government edict? If you do, then I believe you must stand up against it. Otherwise, you are telling me that you have chosen security over freedom. And that's it. I, I, I defer to the founding fathers. You know, it, it was interesting back then. They had a much harder way of life. And so they had a lot less to lose. For people today, you have a lot to lose. I mean, air conditioning, heating in the winter, being out in the winter uh, is, is a death sentence, not having food. So we have all of this wonderful security, and it is to such an extreme degree, no one would dare give it up. For now, people are saying it's not just about security and freedom. It's like, but they're not coming into my house. I have food. My kids are safe. I am willing to accept my freedom's complete removal, complete destruction. Oh, no, 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 no. You think I'm exaggerating? No, 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 no. They force people to undergo medical procedures. They force people to wear masks. They force people to stay in their homes. They fire you from your jobs. They have taken everything away from you except your security, and you accept it. You say the security is more important. If you believe that security is more important than the, the freedom of you, your children, your, your spouse, your, your immediate family. That's, that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. I defer to the founding fathers and liberty and freedom. And I say, you know what? Freedom means I might not know how my, my friends and my family will make it through a winter. Freedom means maybe there won't be enough food. Security means being in prison where they guarantee three square meals, you don't got to worry about any bears, it's electricity and healthcare. If you want security, as, as, as people often say to uh, the Democrats, they're like, oh, you want universal healthcare and, you know, no guns? Prison is right for you. To what extent are the people on the right, libertarians and anybody, willing to accept everything that's happening? Perhaps the real issue is conservatives aren't libertarians. And I'm not a conservative. I'm more libertarian. I'm like centrist, libertarian, you know, fairly moderate. I recognize certain issues the left, uh, you know, makes. And I think there's, there's good agreements and compromises. And I think we need good, open and free markets. I was talking to Will Chamberlain and Charlie Kirk about um, policing. And I said, if a community says we don't want cops here, then, well, then the cops shouldn't come. And they said, that's a libertarian argument. We're conservatives. And they said, we think the, the law should be enforced equally, regardless of where you are. And I'm like, I understand. Yeah, good point. Interesting. Yeah, I do think I'm more libertarian. And that means a conservative is more likely to say, I give up my rights for security, just like a liberal would. They just disagree on where we're going as a country, perhaps. I think the libertarians are more likely to say, no, you will not make me. I don't know, though. Uh, I, I really I, I, a lot of people just say, Tim, you don't have kids, so you don't understand. And I'm like, sure. What I do understand is that the founding fathers, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, not only signed away their fortunes, their land, their rights, 
but their wives, their children, their brothers, mothers, sisters, fathers, grandparents, grandkids. In one instance, one of the signers of the declaration had his wife captured by the British for using a prisoner exchange. And for the most part, their families were fine. One, I think one individual had his son killed. One individual had his son like, you know, side with the British or whatever. But when they signed the Declaration of Independence, what you need to understand is these were wealthy and privileged individuals. These were not poor people who are, who are uh, you know, desperate. These were people who had everything to lose, including their children. And they said, you know what? I get it. But there is a better future for all of us. And something interesting happened in the American Revolution, during the Revolution. There were more people who believed that freedom is more important than security. And thus, the greatest nation this world has ever seen, has ever seen, was born. The greatest nation. And it's only through the decentralization and liberty of this country that we expanded rapidly, developed massive and insane technology, some very devastating, and came to be the dominant power in the world. And like all great empires, we are falling victim to the same problems. Security is more important than freedom. So where does that bring us? Well, we're stagnating. We're culturally stagnated. We're technologically stagnating in a lot of ways. Technology is still progressing and, and, and fairly rapidly, you know, because of the, the population density. Businesses are getting harder and harder to start. People are claiming victimhood. More and more laws are put on the books, more restrictions, more uh, inhibitions, less decentralization, more centralization, more war, more conflict, more corruption. And now our leaders don't lead to support the followers. Our leaders lead to support themselves, which means they're not leaders at all. They're just grave robbers. The, you know, the, the, the Republic died and they're looting. The, they, they, they're, they're just looting the corpse. That's what it is. I want to make sure I stress that final point on the way out. You need to ask yourself, what's more important, freedom or security? And if you truly believe in the founding ideals of this country, then you would recognize the importance of freedom over security. And if that's the case, and you still choose to not speak up, not stand up for what you believe in, not run for office, not make YouTube videos, not make Twitter videos, not hold up signs, not protest, not do sit-ins, if you still say, I will comply, then you believe security is more important than freedom. And if you do, well, that's your choice. So be it. I don't think, you know, violent revolution is the answer. Times have changed. We see what happens when the governments get violent. People don't tolerate it. No, what I'm talking about is peaceful noncompliance. Just say no. And you know what? Take a look at all these companies that are firing people. Hundreds of people fired. You've got, you've got people saying that they reject the vaccine mandate. I think the overwhelming majority or I think it's about 51% in a recent poll said people shouldn't lose their jobs for refusing the vax yet. Those people all, and get, all go and get vaccinated. Now, I think the vaccines are fine. The issue is policy. The issue is government mandate. All of these people said, I would rather not risk my security, my job security, my at-home security, by all means. But if that's the case, let me just say the republic has truly fallen and American ideals have died. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. While browsing Reddit, I came across one of the most absurd posts I've ever seen. An individual saying, my former best friend made threatening comments about the Biden administration, so I had to report them to the FBI. I want to read you this story, but I'm pretty sure the FBI doesn't care. But this is how insane things are getting. 
people have absolutely lost their minds. And I don't think it is independents, and I don't think it is Republicans for the most part. Certainly, there are some independent voters who lean Democrat and still agree with them. And there are many Republicans that are zealous members of the Trump cult. But they don't have any institutional power, as I often say, and they're not particularly relevant, but they are a contributing factor in the culture war. No. What we're really seeing, in my opinion, and I've got this, I got the evidence to back it all up, is a cult-like left, paranoid, delusional, wrapped in this psychotic worldview from the mainstream media over the past several years, adamantly believing that as you or I, people of differing political opinions and worldviews who are actually the crazy ones, and there's no way to break them out of this cult because they're attached to it with their phones. They are hardwired in and their phone will go and they'll look at the notifications and they'll get new crackpot conspiracies every two seconds. How do you snap someone out of this when they're hardwired in? I don't know. What I can say is we've got some information uh, pertaining to Ron DeSantis, maybe doing really, really well for 2024. And already there's attack ads coming out. And this is relevant to the greater conversation. A viral video from the left about the Trump cult or something like that. And a viral campaign ad about Ron DeSantis and trying to make him out to be a villain when the clips from Ron DeSantis are him saying, I will not allow businesses to mandate masks or vaccinations. And this country, you, you, uh, this, this, this state will not be locked down. People will be afforded their rights and their freedoms. But they're trying to make it seem like he's the villain. This is the weirdest thing about it. Ron DeSantis saying, you have the right to choose. Quite literally saying that. And they put this grainy filter on it. And they're like, Ron DeSantis is evil. I'm not kidding. They call him evil because he's saying you should have a right to self-determination. This is a cult. And let me show you the data to back it up first by entertaining a, an anecdote. One that I don't know if it's true or not. Let's be real. It's an internet post. But this should be the first example of the unreasonable nature of the cult members. And you can show people this and you can argue with them. Maybe they don't want to hear it if they're in the cult. It's hard to break them out. But at least you can show them things like this. You can show regular people and say, is this reasonable? And they'll say no. But like, okay, how about you start with the people who are like, let's all calm down and have a reasonable conversation. The one thing they do is they'll try and claim in the establishment and in the cult that channels like mine are the same as like, you know, fringe conspiracy flat earthers. When in reality, you know, my channel is the milk toast fence sitter moderate, and I'm willing to have a conversation with almost anybody. They've got to conflate the two. I won't conflate leftist DSA types with the establishment, but I will point out often the DSA leftist types support the establishment in their lies because they will not back away from the machine. They still blindly trust it. Now, I'll tell you this, Jimmy Dore, real leftist. Good dude. He's a leftist. I disagree with him politically on a bunch of things, but he calls out the establishment. And for that, they hate him. You see, there's actual populists and then there's the machine. Here's the Reddit post from 2X Chromosomes, which is the women's subreddit. I just reported my former best friend to the FBI. It's got, what is this? Uh, 49 rewards or awards. So you make a good post on Reddit and they can buy badges to give you. It's the stupidest thing to spend money on, mind you. But uh, here's what it says. I feel awful, but it needed to be done. I grew up with her. We did everything together. She was such a beautiful, kind-hearted, free spirit. Then she got married to a conservative guy. 
and they moved to the Bible Belt. She became an evangelical Christian, and we drifted apart because we became too different. I still have her on my Facebook friends list, and it hurt to see her turn into a person, uh, turn her into an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, and hardcore Trump, hardcore Trump supporter. She constantly spews hate on Facebook. She's a homophobic person who, like many evangelical Christians, also looks down on working women because women belong in the kitchen. I don't know who she is anymore. The other day, she posted a cruel diatribe against President Biden because he mandated vaccines for the military and companies with 100 plus employees. In the comment section, she, her husband, and their Trumper friends said things like, if Biden keeps this off of another January 6th event, and this time it'll be real, we're ready. I took that as a threat against the president, the Congress and other government officials. Quote, this time it'll be real is pretty telling. They're implying that more people, important people will get hurt this time. So I reported them to the FBI. I feel bad for doing that. I miss my friend, but she's not that person anymore. You are insane. Calm down, chill out, stop. What is wrong with these people? Look, someone saying, man, if, if Biden keeps doing this, there's going to be another January 6th. It's not to imply they are the ones perpetrating it. I'm sure the FBI crumpled this up and threw it in the trash. Well, to be honest, they probably started screaming and running on their office, banging their heads on the wall like, we got another one. Oh, what do we do? Because they certainly don't go after Antifa on the far left. But boy, do they go after the people on January 6th. I'm sorry. These people are wrapped up in such a psychotic, paranoid, delusional state that they actually report people to the FBI based off comments like this. It is a delusional state. The FBI has said no evidence of coordinated insurrection or anything like that. But the Democrats keep saying insurrection over and over again. Why? Because their followers are in a cult and it works. What was that you say? The Trump cult kills? Yeah, I ain't in it. I don't hang out with people who are in the Trump cult because there certainly are people. But again, no institutional power, no mainstream media presence. You try to conflate Tucker Carlson with these people. Tucker is the one who came out and said he didn't believe there was evidence of voter fraud. Big difference. Rachel Maddow is the one who came out for years screaming Russia. Insane. Okay, not reasonable, not rational, not looking for evidence, just desperately adhering to a cult narrative. These people have lost it. My favorite metric, my friends, my favorite metric, economic condition. And I want to I want to, uh, uh, you know, go in depth on this one. I often talk about you probably heard it a million times how the economy, in my opinion, is a good indicator of there being a cult. Independent voters and Republicans believe the economy ain't doing too well. Democrats think the economy is doing well. The economy is objectively not doing well. Right. Sure. You have the people in the in media and Fed being like, everything's bad. Fine. Ignore it. Look at the actual data. Look at the M1 money stock. Look at interest rates. Look at actual inflation. And you're going to be like labor shortages, fuel, fuel shortages, prices skyrocketing, people quitting their jobs in a great resignation. And Democrats are like, economy's good to me. It's a cult. OK, the evidence is if there is a cult. But the majority of regular people agreed with what that cult said. Would you really call it a cult? Well, this is what I'm trying to say. The Democrats look at the Republicans and say, you're in a cult. But the majority of people are not with the Democrats. Independent voters are like, no, the economy is actually pretty bad. The data shows it. If you believe things that are not backed up by the data and no amount of evidence will change your mind, you're in a cult. 
Here's the here's the 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 economic condition. I love it. 32% say fairly good, 30% say fairly bad, 28% say very bad. Now, why is 32% fairly good the hot, the plurality? It's actually quite simple. If we scroll down, we can see among political parties, only the Democrats think the economy is fairly good, but they overwhelmingly do. 55% of Democrats say fairly good. 48% of Republicans say very bad. 34% of independents say very bad. It's gotten worse. Worse. So even among, uh, well, let's, let's pull up Democrats. This is amazing. Here's the Democratic view. Fairly good. They think the economy is fairly good. It's incredible how they're so separated from the rest of this country. Republicans say it's very bad, then fairly bad. 48% say very bad. Independent voters is where it is very interesting. Because for a while, when I was citing this metric, I'd say 30 some odd percent say fairly bad, followed by fairly good. But there's been a shift. The economy has gotten worse in the eyes of independent voters. It has been dropping. On August 2nd, fairly good dropped. And now it is, it is overwhelmingly fairly bad, or is the plurality fairly bad. If independent voters, nonpartisans, and Republicans are like, the economy ain't good, then Democrats, if you smell crap everywhere, you got to sniff your boot. Let me just show you the M1 money stock. Man, do people try to lie to make this seem like it's normal. This is the, the uh, fred.stlouis.fed, and it's tracking the M1 money stock, okay? So this is all, uh, M1 consists of currency outside the U.S. Treasury, federal banks, all vaults, demand deposits. Basically, it is a measure of money in circulation, and there's M2, and there's other ways to define it, but take a look at this. At, from, from 2008 into 2020, you can see that the M1 money supply started increasing faster than it had in the previous several generations, you can see periods of uptick and then period of cooling off. And then after the financial crisis, it started going up pretty quickly, doubling. Then something happened in April of 2020, and there's a giant vertical line. Now, I point out this is indicative of a massive surge of money supply, and it's indicative of an economic collapse and other serious crises just ahead. And I get a lot of people saying, no, oh, Tim, you don't understand. They simply changed the rules for how they calculate the M1 money stock. So you're wrong. Everything's fine. No, this rule change, this definition change was removing the restrictions on savings account. So accounts so they can be used like checking accounts. All of a sudden, money and savings that was difficult to move into circulation is flooding the market because people were desperate. Thus, the money supply exploded. All of a sudden, a savings account was now included in liquid cash flow. Okay, maybe you're saying, Tim, that still doesn't change the fact that most people will not touch their savings. Okay, take a look after the definition change. From April 2020 till today, the line is like at what, 75 degrees? It used to be at like 30 degrees, right? Like the slope of the rate of growth. It's exponential. Yo, the economy is not doing well. Then we had Dr. Bob Murphy, economist with the Mises Institute on, and he said during COVID, they removed the reserve requirement for banks to give out loans. And then I just bust out laughing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know what that means? It means banks can just start creating money. That's it. That's the economy right now. That's probably why we're seeing a massive spike in the money supply. You come to me and say the economy is doing good and you are a crackpot psychopath. 
Banks have this fractional reserve banking, meaning if they have $100, they can issue a loan on $90, effectively creating $90, which can then be deposited back into the bank and then loaned out at, I think, was it 81? Basically, it's, it's nine to one. So they have $100, they give you 90, and then that person deposits that 90 in a bank. And now that bank has 90 and they can dish out 90% of that. And then it goes in. It's just, that's how the money supply expands. It is this Ponzi scheme, but at least there's a limit. And now there's not. Well, that to me is absolutely amazing. But I'll tell you why Democrats think, you know, it's actually really obvious why they think the economy is good because they are selfish, self-centered, and not all of them, because it's not everybody. Look, I'll show you the data. Over the last year, has your family's financial institu- uh, uh, financial situation stayed the same, gotten worse, gotten better, or unsure? Well, Republicans say over the past year, it's gotten worse. Now, for a long time, they said it about stayed the same. But as the year has gone on, more and more Republicans are saying it's gotten worse for their families. This is not a measurement of the economy. It's a measurement of individual sentiment, the wisdom of the crowd, as it were. When more and more people are saying my economic situation is worsening, the economy ain't doing too well, is it? And it was stayed the same for a while, but that's been going down ever since around May. Let's take a look at independent voters. Now, independents are not like uh, Republicans, but we, we can say, see, for independents, it's gradually gotten worse and stayed the same is going down. Interesting. As for Democrats, I think we can understand why they're happy. It's mostly stayed the same for 25 percent. It's actually gotten better. And more of them are saying it's staying the same. That's interesting. What does it mean to stay the same? Honestly, I don't know. Since the uh, attack on the Capitol, they've been saying, you know what? It's about stayed the same and gotten worse has been dropping. So maybe Democrats are just funneling money to their constituents, to their supporters. And then you need to understand where we're headed. Conservative businesses and red states are going to be the most negatively impacted by the vax mandates. They're going to lose tons of money and they're going to lose the ability to effectively campaign to defend their ideas. It's an ideological purge. That's what's happening. Now, the Reddit post is just silly. It's indicative of what the Democrats want. But let me let me show you this uh, uh, this this clip. Just a little bit of it. It's two minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of your cabin crew, we'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19. Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever purge. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Saying that you don't have to wear a mask, you can't be forced to wear a mask, you can if you want, and you can't be forced to be vaccinated, they're calling it a forever purge. Listen to this. We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. 
As Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, you do not have to wear a mask. You do not have to get a vaccine. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines. And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want. You have the right to infect whoever you want, they say in this ad. Now, here's 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 what I want to get to in this. Ron DeSantis saying we are not going to be bludgeoning people over the head with this. There's not going to be lockdowns. We think you have the right to choose. They call it evil. Let me see if I can uh, go forward to where they literally they literally call Ron DeSantis evil, terrifyingly evil. Quote the Miami End Times Tribune. What's the Miami End Times Tribune? What, what is what is that? Some kind of like apocalyptic newspaper? Your worst fears coming true. The Tampa Bay Terror Times. Are these not real quotes? Are they making this up? Because these are not real publications. You see the game they're playing? Ron DeSantis comes out and says, self-determination, freedom to choose between you and your doctor, and they call him evil. It's a cult. See how they're, what their worldview is? When you come into Florida, the responsibility is yours and the freedom is yours. How evil. Here's what I tweeted. It's funny trying to make a nightmare dystopia trailer, but your villain is saying freedom. I'd love to see an actual movie framed this way. You will not stop me, Mr. Bond, for by tonight, all the people will have individual liberty and the right to (laughs) self-determination. Yeah, I'd love to see that movie. In fact, maybe we should actually parody this. We need to hire some comedians and start filming these things, because how hilarious would that be? I'm going to stop you. Stop you, Dr. Kristoff. You will not grant the people freedom to choose and the right to self-determination. You'll never stop me. And then he waves a Gadsden flag before giving the people the right to live freely. In what in what dystopian nightmare are we concerned about our leaders saying you need to be responsible for yourself? The choice is yours. Imagine it's like Captain Planet when he's like, the power is yours. Imagine if he was like, the power is ours. And if we're going to save the planet, you all better lock down. That's not the hero. Man, I think about creepy that is. Captain Planet's funny, right? They all, they, they, for one, they barely ever use their rings individually. But the point is, Captain Planet, he would always say the power is yours when he disappears and gives them their rings back. And, and what they were saying is, if we want to save the planet, if we want to do right, you have the power to make this difference. Okay. In this new twisted authoritarian reality, I suppose the climate change people have just gotten fed up with telling people to be responsible. And okay, I guess you're not going to understand people not wanting to be responsible is frustrating. And they decided to make a version of Captain Planet where he says, give me your power and I will subjugate you. And I'm the hero. That's not the hero. But you know what? Well, let's be real about all this. Aside from the fact that these people live in a paranoid, paranoid delusional state. What, what's happening now is we've gone from a people should have the right to choose to a left that overwhelmingly believes people can't choose properly and they need to be in control with an iron fist to make sure you do as you're told. That's the left today. And this is the perfect example. Ron DeSantis saying, we're not going to be doing any of that stuff. We're not going to force you to do this. Businesses can't force you to do it. We believe people can make the right choice on their own. Doesn't sound like a villain to me, but to them, it is a villain. So now you need to understand their worldview. If this is the kind of ad that speaks to these people, they are overtly authoritarian. That's it. 
They want the boot on their neck. They want the boot on your neck. Now, you might disagree and still find yourself walking in lockstep with these people. That's a problem. This is an ad that's raising money through Act Blue, the Democrats' official online fundraising forum. Remove Ron DeSantis, terrifyingly evil. Yes, freedom. They think freedom is evil. And it's and it's almost it's it's also just so hilarious when, you know, George W. Bush was like, they hate us for our freedoms. Yeah, these people do. There's 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 a crisis. Novel coronavirus and variants. Respect it. Take it seriously. That I get. But we're not a country of kings. We're not a country of despots. We're a country of individuals with with a government for the people and by the people of the people. And you've got large and growing factions that are willing to sacrifice all of their freedoms for security. So they want to hear someone say, you will be forced to do as you're told. You are free to do as we tell you. Here's American Gladiators. Here's 47 channels of it. That's where we're at. And they're cheering. And they're going online and they're saying, I'm going to report you to the FBI. These people would have fit in very, very well in the Soviet Union or in Nazi Germany. That's, 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 that's the reality. They would report you in two seconds for speaking anything against the regime. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.